Like a really high pitch, <laughs> like. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Actually, when I got home today, um, you know, I have like I have this security camera. Yeah. Um, and I have it on when I'm when I'm away. So you can watch your cats do dumb things. That's exactly what I use it for during the day. Excuse me. Um, and uh, so I come home and I I also have have this habit um, since I got the house where I just walk in and I'm usually just and I just like sing a a song at the top of my lungs for like no reason sure just That's because i know nobody's there i guess and it freaks yeah. the cats out <laughs> and so win-win then. yeah so today it was um poker face oh my gosh by, yeah and so I'm, why are you I'm, telling me this? i'm singing poker face like i'm by singing poker face Gaga. here's what i do oh. I, I go into my kitchen and that's where like the camera can kind of see the kitchen living room and so I'm I'm just screaming out <laughs> poker face as my cats like skedaddle away. Oh, this and is uh, I go up and I turn off the the um, camera because I'm home. <laughs> um, and then I right next to where I turn off the camera is uh, is a big thing of candy corn that Candace put there like. I think it was yesterday. She bought some candy corns. She already <laughs> bought candy corn. So I'm like, oh, candy corn, corn that tastes like candy. Um, <laughs> yep. this would be great, and I love candy corn. So I grab a handful and I kind of like throw it in my mouth. Oh, this is going to be so great! And like I immediately choke, like for just a little <laughs> bit. Like you know, I just it just gets caught in my throat, and I I cough it up and you know, chew it up and eat it, and it was delicious. <laughs> but then I'm thinking, you sound like a dog. I know. <laughs> but he then goes I think, and he terrorizes cats, making loud noises. And then I think, he eats his own vomit. He right. eats the first thing he sees, yeah. and then throw, chokes on it, throws it up, and then eats it again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that could have been really bad if I like choked to death right there, like that. Because <laughs> I'm like all alone. Candace wouldn't be home till like later and you tonight. You turn off the camera, and I turn off, and it would look like it would look so suspicious. Oh my like gosh. they would be they would go to the footage and be like look he turns the camera off right before you know we have Someone him clocked for him, dying yeah no. him with some candy corn he must he like this like is this. obviously a suicide attempt we have to figure out what he meant by by poker face like what <laughs> like this is this was like a, a suicide note he knew what he was doing you'd be on one of those like creepy situation like youtube channels right you like realize. the five the five strangest deaths related to candy corn or something Oh, it's that's easily on the top five. Yeah. Uh, you realize that you would be a Reddit sensation, though. I mean, that yeah. would be. It is a missed would. opportunity. I'm not saying it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, do you, did, have you choked on something recently? Um, <laughs> no. OK, good. It's just like when I run, though, sometimes <laughs> if I haven't if I've eaten like too soon before I run. Yeah, of course. I like burp up stuff, and that's gross. It is gross. And you just Thank eat it back down. Yep. You guys yep. are both dogs. Good to know. It's true. Uh, all right. <laughs> Welcome to We Should Know Better. Uh, They're not listening anymore. We don't even have to explain it. No, no. I, I mean, I'm just going to go right into it. <laughs> After that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly, we, we've already chased everyone off. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to We Should Know Better. Uh, the podcast where we uh, hitchhike across Wikipedia, 
like little fact toppers going from one page to another. Uh, I am your longest reigning queen, Kyle. And with me, as always, are my knights errant. Uh, Lord Sky? Sir Tim McCartney. Wow, you guys are great. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I should know how knighthood works. We did an entire segment on it last last episode. You kill dudes, or you sing really well, and you become a knight. And you make weird Or you be Patrick Stewart. Oh, well, I mean... I mean, if at all possible, always be Patrick Stewart. Yes, That's true. So uh, in case you don't know what happens here, uh, what we do is we go, um, we, uh, I, I pick two pages on Wikipedia, make sure they connect. And then Sky and Tim will race uh, across links they found just on the in the articles themselves to get from one to the other and see who gets there first. Yeah. And. It has been so long since I've gotten to do this. Uh, the, the way that we pick who goes first is by, well, this is a trial by fire in a way. Uh, I actually have a book here called the Family Game Book, which we're pretty sure is a Soviet era code book. What this is is just a list of really terrible games uh, from 1960-ish uh, for families to play at home with their kids. And uh, what I do here to uh, get things started is I will ask these guys uh, tonight you get to choose. Well, actually, no, I, I, I am running out. Actually, I, I want to just point this out. I am running out of games from the uh, from the educational games for boys and girls six to ten. Oh, no, like, we're getting close to the end of the chapter, guys. The end of an era. And then we move on to Hunger Games for boys and girls. Six. <laughs> Actually, I would like to tell you, though, that there there's a whole chapter of outdoor outdoor games and activities. <laughs> I almost said Al Gore. I did almost say Al Gore games. Okay, He's kind of buddy. We're going to sit very still. I have a feeling that Al Gore would really like most of these games. <laughs> uh, then there is a whole chapter of teenage games and parties. So don't you worry. Uh, there is an entire segment called Your First Boy-Girl Party. So, got plenty to go. Um, but tonight, you guys get to tell me um, whoever comes up with the best description of what this game is by the title uh, gets to go first in our race tonight. And uh, tonight, you guys get to work with the title Blind Man's Button. So, the, the name of our game tonight is Blind Man's Button. And... I need to know how you play Blind Man's Button and what exactly it is. What's the goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys, um, I will give you a hint already in telling you that this is one of the shortest descriptions that they have in this entire book uh, for for a game. So uh, I don't know if that's helpful or not. Okay. But uh, whoever wants to go first can take their shot. I got it. Okay. All right, go for it, Sky. Stick a button. In your belly button. Close your eyes. Last one with a button wins. Whoa. Whoa. That is that is vague and, and slightly malevolent. Wow. Whoa. That description yeah. there. Well, yeah, until but... you said it was the shortest one, I was going to say that it's an old pirates game. How where, does that make it? Where they still <laughs> stick buttons in their belly buttons and they'll have to close their eyes. And they basically just had to try to take the button out of each other's belly button without losing their button. Wow, that's disturbing. Okay, <laughs> Tim. So you you blindfold <laughs> your kid. Yep. And you place a a button somewhere in the room, 
<laughs> and <laughs> you you yell at your kid that they have to find this button really, really quick or else the house is going to be destroyed. Oh, and it's going to be their fault. And they're going to live down in history as the one responsible for that. And you keep yelling and yelling and make them panic and panic until they finally find the button and they hit it. And then you um, you tell them that this is an allegory that <laughs> that you represented the Soviet threat. Wow. And they were the president of the United States. Oh, my God. And the button that they hit launched the nuclear uh, missiles. Wow. To Russia. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Two feel good games. Yeah. I just yeah. love I just love the fact that this is in this era. It, it works so well. Uh, and simply for the, the the depth of of the scene that Tim built, I have to give this one to him. I'm sorry, Sky. Aw. Uh, not I think that I've won the game like once. And yeah, no, to your credit, Sky, I actually liked yours better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were both wrong, though. Uh, <laughs> Blind Man's Button is not played like either of those things that you described. Uh, it is. The way to play Blind Man's Button is to... <clears throat> Blindfold two players and then place each before a separate pile of buttons, screws, clips, beans, and bobby pins. The first child to sort his pile correctly contends with the wait, yeah contends with the third child, and the winner of that match plays with the next child round robin fashion. To secure his crown, the champion must correctly assort a button collection consisting of all the buttons from the two piles. He may select size. Or material as his classification. <laughs> wow! End oh my gosh! You're just you're just sorting you're sorting dad's junk drawer. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It's literally the entire game. Wow. So th- there you go. That's this is, this is to try. prepare you for a life on the assembly line, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that none of our games really looked forward to any uh, any actual potential for this child. <laughs> Um, all right, so Tim wins tonight. Um, we actually have a fun, oh, I think it'll be fun, uh, run tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I made you, a really fun game, you guys. You guys, this is this is going to be great. Uh, I actually picked this uh, for a particular reason, though, um, because we have a friend whose birthday coincides with the a release date of one of these things. Um, we're starting tonight on the Wikipedia page for the Dreamcast, the Sega Dreamcast. The Se- Sega Dreamcast. I think it, I think the page is just Dreamcast, though. You should Sega. be able to What? Oh, just Dreamcast? It's thinking. There are no yes. other Dreamcasts. There are no <laughs> There could not possibly be any other Dreamcasts. While you guys are looking for that, um, I, will, I will tell you that we are going from this pastime to another pastime that happens this time of year. Uh, corn maze. Corn so maze. We're going from the Sega Dreamcast to to a corn maze. Oh boy! Which is kind of what the logo for the Dreamcast could be. You could do that. Guys. Oh geez, is that what you is that why you did this? Maybe that's a pretty I, I good think one. It'd be more like a a corn labyrinth. Yeah, yes. or like or those like what are they called? Like the when the aliens make little symbols in the corn. <laughs> oh, a, a crop circle. Yeah, yeah crop like circle. a crop circle. Yeah, it could be either of those things, but yeah. it's not. So the uh, what we actually re- really the reason that I started the Dreamcast is that they recently had another of their birthdays. Um, what is it? Twenty four now, I think. Really? Wow. Yeah, uh, this is the uh, it, it released September 9th in 1999. Uh, OK, 
And oh, yeah. this coincides with the birthday of our friend Jerry, whose okay. birthday is the 9th of September and has never let me forget that. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Jerry. Yeah, happy birthday, Jerry. We'd sing you uh, the song, but then we'd get sued. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, uh, yeah. We would actually, uh, if anyone else would like to have a birthday wish from the crew of We Should Know Better, it's pretty easy. All you have to do is have a birthday that coincides with a weirdly pop culture, uh, a pop culture reference that we use on the show. So uh, what we have here is the Dreamcast, and Tim gets to go first. Uh, I actually had a lot of fun uh, just kind of scrolling around this page. (laughs) So the Dreamcast is a video game console by Sega. Correct. It came out in 1999, and it was like a sleeper hit. Yeah, and it's really darn cute. Nobody bought it, and then everybody regretted it. Oh man. Yep. It's like uh, it's like that that one uh significant other that got away. Oh dang. <laughs> oh man, wow. we don't want this. It's dumpy, or, or it'll always be there. <laughs> we'll just pick it up eventually, and then oh oh, it's gone. And the, it's and gone, and all you have is regret. Oh. Man. Uh, it gave us kind of a white whale to chase after, like without the Dreamcast, no one would be like the, like the, there wouldn't be video games. What what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not, I'm saying that without the Dreamcast that like for the average gamer, like us, when we do come across one, like at a garage sale or something, there would not be that moment of, you know, like I can't believe, you know? Yeah. Uh, so without that moment of that that quick rise to fame and uh, the meteoric rise and then very quickly, just as quickly. Yeah. You know, uh, it was only around for a year, really. Yeah, yeah really. Like I mean, a year and a half. Yeah. September 9th to uh, 1999 to March 31st, 2001. Yeah. In, the in, in that time, though, it managed to crank out some of the biggest cult classics in in modern gaming kind of yeah so uh yeah a a bunch of them that are still uh, still seeing iterations today Mm -hmm. so uh yeah it's 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 good times what was the uh what is the game that you guys always will remember for the dreamcast uh well first off did either of you guys own a dreamcast no i did not no did you ever play them when they were uh when they were first out yes i did oh my gosh sky I can't talk to you. Uh, <laughs> uh, my friend Matt had one. Oh, good. Uh, and we would play. Oh, man, we played Dino Crisis. I never played that. Oh, man. Like, it's like Resident Evil with dinosaurs, basically. I'm going to assume. Capcom. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I really want it to be about solving social problems for dinosaurs. And so I'm going <laughs> to say it's that. <laughs> um, we also had. Oh, what else did we play? We played uh, a little bit of Sonic Adventure. I remember that. Oh, so great. And Shenmue. Yeah, of course. Which was mostly just hours of wandering around trying to find a sort of lead. Asking if people have seen a, seen a sailor, yes. Exactly. And then and then saying forget it and going and playing Super Hang On in the arcade in the game. <laughs> I only got to play the um Dreamcast through our aforementioned friend Jerry, who had who of course bought it immediately when it came out because it was his birthday. And uh, also picked up um, at the time. Yeah, he he got Power Stone, which did you guys ever get to play that? Oh, I played that in a Sam's Club once. (laughs) (laughs) And there's our title. The memories come flooding back. 
There's our oh, that was guys. actually. <laughs> I, I wish I had played that more because that was a fun. It was like a like a three D ish um, yeah. four you know, player kind of brawler. Weird that that we like a game that's very similar to that today. Yeah, it's really strange that that's it's, caught on like that. <laughs> it's it's a bit Smash like. Oh yeah, it's totally Smash Brothers in three D and. Uh, well, especially in that the um, like you can play it so that you're yeah, you know, uh, it's like a fighting game. Sure. And you can play it to wear down each other's HP. But they also gave you the opportunity uh, to try to just knock the players off the stage. And that was that was just the same as winning. Uh, like it, it is proto smash, like especially with uh, ridiculous items and dumb, like really silly characters and uh collectibles that allow you to power up it so you can win the win the match it's so silly but it was uh it's a lot of fun um you're you basically play as a bunch of anime stereotypes for for lack of a better term but not not the scary ones not the weird ones more just the like the silly cartoon ones i mean two of them yeah yeah basically these are these are capcom made characters so they they're all weird I gotcha. Did Capcom just like have a love affair on the Dreamcast? Like, did they just make all the Dreamcast games? That's what I'm yeah, hearing. Pretty okay. much. Because uh, they have Resident Evil uh, Code Veronica was on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Samba de Amigo. Uh, oh, no, wait, that's not. That is Sega. Uh, yeah, that's d- Sega. Sorry. Um, uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, yeah. Classic. Uh, both that and Marvel versus Capcom 2, which I remember when that released. Uh, my my friends just completely losing it and <laughs> thinking this is the best thing ever when which is weird that it co- coincides with the time that i realized in my life that i'm really bad at fighting games <laughs> there is a model exclusive to japan uh called the divers 2000 c x1 okay and it's it's it has a tv built into it and oh, it's no. blue and it kind of looks like Sonic's head. And it says that it includes a television and software for teleconferencing. Sweet. Oh, that's just, the most Japanese thing I've seen in a while. I've just I just found it. And that's so cute. I can't. That's really. Uh, oh, man. The uh, the Dreamcast had uh, a weird little memory card unit that had a screen on it. And I remember uh, if you plugged it into it, sometimes depending on the game you're playing, it would show like a little character doing things. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you play Soul Calibur, it would have a tiny 8-bit version of the character you were playing as. And when you would attack, that tiny character would also attack. Yeah. It was very, so it's like a little Tamagotchi that you could slam into your controller. <laughs> That's kind of what it was, yeah. Uh, and if you decided to take it out, you could actually play other games on it. Whoa. Anyway, so yeah, this thing. Um, uh, they do actually mention on here one of the games that I loved on the Dreamcast, but um, have never been able to find. Well, I mean, aside, aside from also not being able to find a Dreamcast or, you know, really, really searching this out, but there's a game called Cyber Troopers Virtual on Oratorio Tangram, which is maybe the most Japanese game I was into at that time. You played it, it, it's basically a robot fighter. Um, but the the thing that I remember really loving about all the designs of all the weird robots 
is that every single one of them had a Dreamcast stuck to its back. And when you when they would do special attacks, the little the the Dreamcast would flip open and the disc would spin, so you would knew it was <laughs> running. Yeah, it was it was very silly, but it was fun. Anyway, oh, so going, Tim. of another game that uh, they strapped Dreamcast to their backs. Which um, was that? That was um, or remember House of the Dead too? Oh, of course. Did you know? I'm sure you know this. They they made it into Typing of the Dead. Yes, it's actually a really good simulator, apparently. Yeah, so it's it's they they turned the zombie shooting game into a a typing tool, pretty much, where to kill the zombies, you had to use a keyboard and type out the word above their heads or or answer a question <laughs> or something, which was really cool. So instead, you know, the characters in the game, it would play it played exactly like the House of the Dead two, the original, but instead of running around with guns, they would all be running around with with Dreamcast strapped to their backs and um, keyboards in front of them. <laughs> And so they're just running around like, you know, defunct Ghostbusters. It was great. Oh, that is pretty great. Um, So where am I going? There's a lot of fun. Oh, yes. On this page. So much fun. Um, But I'm going to go someplace um, that's just so well known for its fun. Um, So as early as 1995, reports surfaced that Sega would collaborate with Lockheed Martin. What? What? Um, (laughs) What? Wow. Also, the 3DO company Matsushita or Alliance Semiconductor to create a new graphics processing unit. I'm going to go, though, with Lockheed Martin. Wow. That fun, is fun America. I don't know who that is. Lockheed it's, Martin? You will know what they are. Oh, believe me. They know who they you are. They know what you are. Man, this has been... Okay. <laughs> Sky, you can join this. You can join the podcast eventually. Just hang tight. I'm going to Sonic the Hedgehog. What seriously? Yeah, because oh, <laughs> people don't even know what Sonic the Hedgehog is. I was really hoping that one of you guys would. Uh, oh my gosh, where is it on this page? There's so. Oh, there it is. Okay, Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, just Sonic. Yay! Neither of you picked the the route that I took. Oh well. There's uh, so many links on this page. <laughs> never. No, I know. It never I, happens. No. What? Yes, it does. It does occasionally. Anyway, anyway, uh, I am glad that one of you picked Sonic the Hedgehog. I was really hoping someone would. All right. But instead, let's talk about other people <laughs> that build things that do go really fast. Uh, Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin is like the, is, is the he a Dr. Comedian? Eggman. He sounds it's like a comedian. Person. Not a person. <laughs> He's pretty blue, though, so I never listened to his stand up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, tell me what he is then. It's so, not a person. <laughs> Lockheed Martin. Is an American global aerospace, defense, security, and advanced technologies company with worldwide interests. Okay, that's that's what it says. It's the umbrella. So it's. Right. I mean, I'm it, just gonna go browse Twitter for a while, guys. It, you have fun. Okay, see you later. See ya. If you play, if you play Netrunner, this is this is your Wyan company. This is your. Oh yeah, here we are. Spiroid. We're bringing you back, Scott. Wait, Way- Wayland. Wayland. Sorry, yeah. I keep thinking Wyan. I think Wyan is from Alien. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man we are hitting all the pop culture tonight uh so Lockheed martin is the world's largest defense contractor um in 2013 2013 78 <laughs> of lockheed martin's revenues came from military sales so they have definite um interests and influences in sort of military uh contracts and um buddy buddying with our military Oh, yes. The military-industrial com- complex. <laughs> Quote, unquote. 
Uh, but they also uh, work some in, in space, aerospace, which is kind of cool. In space. I mean, it's, it's, it's so tough with Lockheed Martin because it's like, there's some stuff in here that sounds really cool, but <laughs> it always comes with the, like, it's, are they evil? <laughs> but also they're using it to target you right now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you, if, if when people think of Lockheed Martin, they, they might think of like Dick Cheney and I mean, it's not quite connected to him. I don't think, I think he was yeah. connected to another company, but I guess old white guys might be oh, the yes. thing. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason for that. Uh, <laughs> They're usually the thing. So yep. in, in May 2006, the Washington Post reported that when Robert Stevens took control of Lockheed Martin in 2004, he faced the dilemma that within 10 years, 100,000 of the about 130,000 Lockheed Martin employees would be retiring. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you got to get some fresh blood in there. Yeah. Like well, clones. Um, <laughs> they have those. I'm sure they're fine. The, the current CEO is named Marilyn Hewson. She took over in 2013. Good for her. Uh, Lockheed Martin teamed up with Bell Helicopter, produced the V-280 Valor tilt rotor for the Future Vertical Lift program. Future Vertical Lift, what is that? Amazing. That's not a space elevator, is it? Is that a space elevator? Please tell me it's a space elevator. That sounds like a space elevator. Oh, no, yes. it's, just, it's military helicopters. Oh. You guys need to make a space elevator. Oh, man, that is a that is a big disappointment. Um, there is a thing on corruption investigations. Oh, yeah. Uh, the U.S. Justice Department in 2012 said that Lockheed Martin had agreed to settle allegations that the defense contractor had sold overpriced perishable tools used on many contracts. What's a perishable tool? <laughs> Here's a hammer, but it, it's made out of potato. <laughs> the, uh, the tomato screwdriver. That's just, that's just what yeah. they're calling employees these days. Oh, perishable geez. tools. Woof. Um, yeah, that got dark fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this place is pretty dark. The Department of Justice said the allegations were based specifically on the subsidiary tools and metal inks, inflation at cost, blah, blah, blah. Um, when Lockheed Martin then passed on to the U.S. government under its contracts. Further, in March 20, 2006, Todd B. Loftus, a former TMI president. So, I mean, that's that's Tools and Metals, Inc. Oh, geez. But I would, of course, use every opportunity to call it TMI. Oh, yes, yes. He's the president of TMI, if you know <laughs> what I mean. If you know what I mean. You do not want to get stuck in a corner when he starts talking. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, and you won't because he was sentenced to 87 months in prison. Oh. Yikes. Not- um, so, yeah, I feel kind of uneasy here on this page. They uh, apparently are building a space fence. What's, I'm sorry, what's a space fence? To keep all the aliens out. Um, no, to track debris, keeping it from damaging satellites and spacecrafts, the Pentagon uh, contracted them to do this in 2014. I've been wondering about that. We're going to get Wait, our orbit pretty gross. You've been wondering about a space fence. I've been wondering about all the debris in space. Okay. Just, just wondering about <laughs> it. Just just sitting in bed at night, <laughs> knowing it's all up there. So you're like... I have a lot of anxiety, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. I mean, also, I'm I'm wondering if I see now I'm picturing you like singing poker face and in the back of your mind also being like, but space, but space. And then I choke on a, a candy, <laughs> candy corn. corn. I mean, I think corn the way that tastes the future, like candy. The way of the future for corporations <laughs> is having some guy to just think about everything that's currently here on Earth and putting the word space in front of it. Yeah. 
and trying to think if we need that. Like, do we need a space fence? Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, you know what? I'll write that one down. Do we need so, space road? Yes, obviously. So what is it? Is it like just one loop of fence or is it like, like, <laughs> does it just go across like one latitude? I mean, <laughs> the there's little information. Oh, OK. At least on Wikipedia about it. Or anywhere because I just, I just want to imagine see. this junky like chain link fence surrounding the earth. You're like, yeah, space fence. And just like a big beware a human sign for passing like <laughs> aliens. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where are we going to? <laughs> OK, um, I'm going to one of the departments that uh, Lockheed Martin specializes in, and that is renewable energy systems. Oh, sure. I know where you're, I know how you're doing this now. Oh, yes. Very clever. Renewable and that goes to renewable energy. Yep. And let, speaking of uh, things with a lot of energy, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Everybody knows Sonic the Hedgehog. He's really like fast. That, segue. that was a good segue. That was a pretty right. good segue. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> Go on. Segway is, is Sonic's... Like, nope. Nope. It's, it's spinning it's like, out. <laughs> <laughs> Pull it back. Pull I'm it losing back. my mind. <laughs> Sonic is Sega's like, like main little guy. little main guy. <laughs> He's a gaming legend because all his games are really really good. <laughs> yeah. Can I just describe the way that they uh, that this article describes his games? Uh, the the line here is Sonic most commonly has to race through levels, collect power up rings, and survive against a host of natural obstacles and minions to achieve his goal i mean that's my life too i know like, that's I all feel, our lives <laughs> i feel like that that touches something very primal in all of us <laughs> it's pretty great um sonic is actually my wife's first love oh dang yep she had a huge crush on him when she was little yeah 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 he likes chili dogs it's got to be the shoes it's always the it was truth. the attitude i think I, that's why she married me <laughs> because i'm pretty much i'm pretty much sonic as a person right that's true i i, I no. it is the first thing that i used to describe i mean yeah you're you're fast you're rad yeah, yep. yeah. sonic and the secret dogs. rings features sonic in a storybook world of 1001 nights you got an attitude weird there's like a, there's a storybook they, theme in some of his games. Yeah, they, they tried going for a storybook theme on the Wii. Yeah, um, it didn't they work. Had, they well. had two games. They had the secret, Sonic the Secret Rings, which was all Arabian yeah. Nights, and then um, Sonic and the Black Knight, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, like, that was King right. Arthur. King Arthur, yeah. Or so right. Sonic used to be like Sega exclusive, and now he just kind of whores himself up to whoever. Whoa, whoa. Whoever would, would want him. There's it, it surprised me how many people like when I start talking about Sonic or, or Nintendo to them will say like, Oh yeah, you know, it's it's so weird now that Nintendo owns Sonic and Sega. And like they they don't. No, they just they're still their own thing. They but just it's complicated. I mean like I can see <laughs> someone that doesn't follow video games being like, Oh yeah, obviously they must own them if they're in if Sonic's in their games now. They're just really good friends. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm totally okay with that. I, I know a lot of people were really uh, back when that happened originally. Uh, they thought that was really strange, but I think it's really cool. I mean, why not? Um, I do really like here in uh, it, in the origins of Sonic, 
many results came forth from their experiments with character design, including an armadillo, who was later developed into Mighty the Armadillo, who was my favorite character for a long time. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I like the lesser characters, Sky. I never heard of him. Yep. There's, there's so many people who just instinctively loathe. Yeah, Mighty the Armadillo. All these tertiary characters, and especially Mighty the Armadillo. <laughs> no, I, I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, I was really into him and Vector uh, as far as the uh, like, sec- yeah, tertiary characters. But out of the the main three of the series, uh, I've always been a Knuckles fan. Sorry, guys, I don't know. Um, I think I'm gonna go to Hedgehog. Just just Hedgehog. Just clicking on the Hedgehog. Wow, hedgehogs hoping, are cute. Hoping hedgehogs eat corn. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on. I got to back this up for just a second. Uh, eventually, Naoto Oshima's spiky teal hedgehog, initially named Mr. Needlemouse, was chosen as a new, new mascot. Sonic's blue pigmentation was chosen to match Sega's cobalt blue logo, and his shoes evolved from a design inspired by Michael Jackson's boots, with the addition of the <laughs> color red, which was inspired by both Santa Claus and the contrast of those colors on Jackson's 1987 album, Bad. Oh, wow. His personality was based on Bill Clinton's get it done attitude. That is cited four times. That is amazing. <laughs> that has four citations. <laughs> they wow. had to make sure that that was, yeah, legit. Uh, that is not, that's the second time Michael Jackson ha- has tied into Sonic the Hedgehog. Remember, he did some of the music for Sonic 3. Yeah. That's nuts. Anyway, all right, the Hedgehog. Was, was the best part of that game. Just Hedgehog. 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 They don't eat corn. Don't they? No. <laughs> At least they don't say so on this page. This could be a problem for you. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I'm seeing some pictures I do. I want to unsee. All yeah. right, moving on. Yeah, we're going to have to look into what this is. Whoa. I don't need to. I don't need to look into it. Let's just say that the caption is called self-anointing, Tim. Okay, Tim. Uh, Let's renewable talk about- energy. Renewable energy <laughs> is energy that is created by things that sound like Captain Planet powers. I was just going to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. you know, hydro power, tidal power, wave power, wind power. And, and heart. And heart. <laughs> that maybe that's biomass. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> so, uh, that went a weird direction. So. <laughs> <laughs> Based on a 2014 report, uh, renewable energy contributed 19% to global energy consumption and 22% to electricity generation. So that's actually a little bit higher than I anticipated. Oh, yeah. Do you guys have uh, a wind farm anywhere near you? No. Not really, no. Really? I see I'm... more I see more back in western New York. Oh, see, we've got one right I, here. Yeah, yeah we've, got, we've got one that this has actually been a thing for uh, – for Cleveland, uh, we have one uh, right now out on the lake. Like, why not? No one's. You're not. We're not using that wind for anything. <laughs> um, so they they they've put up a couple windmills out in um, out in Lake Erie, and uh, some people are complaining because they're saying that it ruins the view. But I mean, let's be honest, it's Canada, so. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's kind of cool, honestly. <laughs> You're blocking my view of Canada. <laughs> yes. Uh, so which form of renewable energy would you say provides the most electricity in the world right now? 
wow, I really wanted you to say which form would you be if you were a form of renewable energy? We can also ask that. Okay. Well, first, I would say that it is probably uh, geothermal heat currently. That is incorrect. Dang it. Incidentally, I would be sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Awesome. Just, just putting that up there. Do you, have, Sky, you, have, a, you, want to... you have a guess, Sky? I, I, it's not geothermal. I guess it'd be solar, maybe? Nope. No. It is hydroelectric. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, hydropower is produced in 150 countries with the Asia-Pacific region generating 32% in 2010. Wow. Um, for countries having the largest percentage of electricity from renewables, the top 50 are primarily hydroelectric. Wow. Who produces the most hydroelectric power? Which country? I'm going to say China based on that Asia-Pacific. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a good... nice, nice connect in the dots detected. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct, yeah. Um, Just going to put that out there. Yeah. They had 721 terawatt hours of production in 2010. Wait, so how much? 721 terawatt. That's a lot. Dang. I, I guess it is. Well, I mean. I have trouble conceiving like what <laughs> that actually means, but yeah, that's, that's it's, true, it's yes. a big number. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, solar energy. I mean, I, not solar energy is neat, too. Um People, I guess it's becoming more um, reliable in a oh, sense yeah. because, you know, first you have to be in a sunny area <laughs> um, and then you have to, you know, line everything up right to get the sun going and stuff. Um, it, it is pretty cool, actually. We uh, I've done some research into it because a lot of businesses are using it. Um, I mean, especially uh, things connected to the industries that I pay attention to. Um, I mean, you're already trying to collect a lot of sunlight anyway, so they have, so why not, you know, make use of it. And a lot of, a lot of companies now in cities are using their rooftops to collect solar energy, which is pretty yeah. cool. And why not? Yeah, it works. It works a lot better than it used to. I mean, the only other thing you're going to need rooftops for is to, uh, signal to the helicopters that you need help when the zombie apocalypse happens. And but by then it's going to be too late. So, I mean, don't even worry about it. Well, you'll need electric ele electricity then too to charge your cell phone. Although I guess you know maybe that won't do you much good anyway. So, I think I would be geothermal energy. Nice, because it sounds cozy. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I approve of that. Yeah. Um, of course, there's bioenergy, which is biomass, biogas, biofuel, bioshock. Wow, that was like a slam poet uh, poem right there for a second. Nice. <laughs> Um, and uh, according to Wikipedia, it says that uh, biomass is biological material derived from living or recently living organisms. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. Which is um, why Lockheed Martin connects to this page. Yep. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> mostly plants are plant-derived materials. Uh, industrial biomass can be grown from numerous types of plants, including miscanthus, switchgrass, hemp, corn, poplar, what? willows, sorghum, sugarcane, bamboo. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Wait, Corn? Oh, oh, corn. Oh, oh, look. What? Corn. Oh, no. Oh, I guess I should click on that. I guess you should. <laughs> oh, geez. I didn't I'm think I'm clicking that... on corn. Which actually brings me to maize. Very nice. Not corn maize. No, maize is an M-A-I-Z-E. 
I'm All really right. glad we got to use that joke. Good job, guys. Yeah, uh, internet high five. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sky, what what kind of energy would you be? Um Hedgehog. What? <laughs> what kind of what? What kind of renewable energy would you be? Uh the gassy kind, I guess. Okay. All right, <laughs> fine. The gassy kind. Someone's not gonna play. Alright, fine. Uh yeah, I was yeah, okay. Alright. Let's see what you're doing with exciting. hedgehogs here. <laughs> I don't have we're trying to try to see what this hedgehog's doing. <laughs> I don't want to know what that at that hedgehog. So hedgehogs doing. apparently do something called self-anointing. Can we not talk about this? It's a ritual called anointing, and when it encounters a new scent, it'll lick and bite the source, then form a scented froth in its mouth and paste it on its spines with its tongue. And the specific purpose for this ritual is unknown, but some experts believe anointing camouflages the hedgehog with a new scent. Uh, of the area and provides a possible poison or source of infection to predators poked by its, its spines. Um, so I can just imagine Sonic getting Tim, a dilly dog for the first time. I will post this picture in the notes, in the, in the show notes. And nowhere else. But you have to see. Have to see the picture they have for this. This is so it's, weird. It's definitely. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, see? That, um, is, that is the most uncute hedgehog I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a skeleton one on this page, and it's less cute than that. Did you guys like, know that hedgehogs have a natural immunity to snake venom? Whoa, what? Really? Yep. Um, so do moles, apparently, and mice, which I had no idea. I what? usually thought snakes usually use venom against mice, like, the most. Oh, possums. Yeah. Possums apparently have a natural immunity to it, too. Oh um, there's a there's a protein called irin irin maybe. Okay. Um, it's in the it's actually in the the muscular system. Uh, it's only available in small amounts though, and a viper bite may still be fatal. So I guess they're they're not completely like supermen against super hedgehogs <laughs> against uh, snakes, but um, they're one of four known mammalian groups with mutations that protect against an, another snake venom. Uh, a neurotoxin. Uh, pigs, honey badgers, mongooses, and hedgehogs all have mutations. Oh, of course. In this receptor that prevent the snake venom uh, from binding. Though these mutations developed separately and independently, which is crazy. Like, they're not even offshoots. <laughs> like, just these four groups of animals are like, yeah, these snakes, these guys are assholes. We need, we need to do something about these guys. How do we fix this? How do we fix this? It's so weird that I guess pigs are kind of not... Well, wild pigs are pretty fast. It's just weird that they would need they would decide that snakes are a big enough problem for them that they need to protect against it. They're pretty smart, apparently. I guess so. Hedgehogs are pretty cute. Yeah, as far as things go, P cuter than porcupines, arguably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's great and all. But uh, do you guys remember the uh, the hedgehog that inflated a couple years ago? No. Yes. Good. I'm glad someone does. Hang on a second. I gotta share this with you guys because it is amazing. Wasn't it in in like the UK? You are correct. It was. <laughs> it was in Cornwall, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Cornwall. Someone's hedgehog, which is not a euphemism, uh, inflated from a rare condition where its stomach just essentially swole, uh, became swollen with air. Whoa. So it just kept inflating. That's so and weird. It was really weird. So, I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but essentially it would just, it kept producing gas in the way that it 
the way that it was constructed. I don't know. The gas was held in its body in such a way that it just swelled up like a balloon. The vet says that, quote, I used a needle and syringe to drain the air. It took about five minutes to drain all the air out. (laughs) That's so weird. I really hope that it made like a really high pitch. Like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. So apparently this is a thing. And I remember when this happened. It got noticed in another, it happened again, not too long after, but I can't find the story uh, connected to that one. But like in the same summer, two different hedgehogs uh, like got this infection and inflated like balloons and they had to be, they had to be essentially popped <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to not die. <laughs> Sounds That's like crazy. A, a Wonka story or something. Well, it, it, Yeah. So I'm really surprised that's not on this page. So someone needs to let uh, a Wikipedia editor know that they're missing out. Yeah. Someone needs to just put in here that they eat corn, too. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> um, well, I'm not I'm, I'm not so feeling so good about my chances anymore. So I guess I'll click on watermelons because that's kind of a crop. Wait, hang on a second. I also have to back up again because you miss another <laughs> great thing here. Uh, in well, human influence. Yeah. <laughs> did you see this? What? In 2006, McDonald's changed the design of their McFlurry containers specifically to be more hedgehog friendly. That's cited. <laughs> what? Uh, this is cited to a 2006 story from the Independent headline: "Hedgehogs Saved from Death by McFlurry." Oh my gosh. <laughs> Previously, hedgehogs would get their heads stuck in the container as they tried to lick the remaining food from inside the cup. Then, being unable to get out, they would starve to death. Oh, no. It's just, I think hedgehogs are just trying to find the dumbest ways to die. <laughs> would you, so, Lou, you want to you get your head stuck in a McFlurry cap, or do you want to <laughs> just get an infection and pop like a balloon? And become a balloon, which is, which is ironic in itself, because they are made of pins. Yes. So, Poor anyway, little guys. I know. What did you decide to click on? I'm sorry. I got lost in the McDonald's flurry. Uh, watermelon. Watermelon. Okay. Well, that's a good choice too. Um, I'm gonna take this moment because I don't think we're gonna have a lot, a whole lot more time to work with this tonight. Uh, I actually took a totally different route than you guys did. Uh, not totally different. I actually am not too far off from Skies. Uh, I went with uh, Choo Choo Rocket. From the Dreamcast page and went to mice. I had considered that. Yeah. Well. Just because there's mice. Yeah. And I went to mice and we're going to play a little game uh, called uh, Disambiguate With Me. (laughs) Where I'm not going to talk about mice, but I clicked on the Disambiguation and I found something. I found a much cooler page. Okay. Okay. we're going to do the uh, true and false game from before, uh, but we're going to talk about a bull, uh, a Spanish fighting bull named Raton, uh, who, <laughs> which which, which uh, translates to mouse in English. In case you didn't know, uh, Raton, uh, I can't even I can't roll my R properly, but Raton uh, is a Spanish fighting bull that was nicknamed. El Toro Asenio, uh, which is the killer bull. Uh, or no. 
one gores like Radon. No one stabs like Radon. You are, in fact, correct. He killed three people. Oh. Uh, yeah, between, between 2006 and 2011. So uh, let's talk about this famous bowl. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a couple weird facts from its life. And you tell me whether or not it's true or whether I made it up because this is this thing has such a great story. If you guys get a chance, I'll link the I'll give you guys the link in a minute. But it's it's pretty great. Um, so I, I'm so glad I clicked on the disambiguate page anyway. Uh, so here's a fact from this page. You tell me whether or not it is actually true. So. Um, Due to Raton's fame, uh, bullfighting clubs paid exponentially high fees uh, to feature them in their events. For instance, uh, during the uh, a, a municipality uh, hosted Raton during a festival in honor of St. Mary Magdalene, paying 9,000 pounds, nine times the normal fee for a fighting bull. Because is, he killed people? Is that true or is that false? Sure. They wanted they wanted him they wanted him to be in their little Saint Saint Mary happy fun time because he killed people. That it might be accurate, yes. <laughs> true. You are correct. Uh both of you are right. That is true. Um in fact, that's not the highest he got paid. <laughs> uh he actually uh for one of the events not too far from or not long after that, he uh they paid his owner 50 thousand pounds to feature him. Wow. Okay, so uh, he was given his name due to a misunderstanding of his, the original name given to his given to him by his owner, which was Moose, due to the way his fur puffed up between his horns. True or false? Uh, false. False. Fine, geez, you caught me. It is false. He was actually given his name, uh, though, because he was the smallest calf of the, of his family. Oh, little murder cow, little murder cow. OK, uh, he was set to retire in 2010, uh, but due to demand from fans and munici municipalities uh, organizing fiestas, his owner, Gregorio de, de Jesus, <laughs> I can't even say the name, uh, decided to prolong the bull's career specifically because he could not. He could not deprive the uh, Spanish farmers of watching it. Uh, true. True. It's true. He felt that it would be unfair to uh, to keep them from getting to watch this bull gore people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, OK, so also, according to De Jesus, uh, Raton may have gotten his temperament. From after witnessing his father knocked over and trampled during a running of the bulls uh, early in his in his youth. No. What? No. The bull saw his his father knocked over and trampled. It's like the Lion King, guys. Dad. <sighs> it's a no. reverse Lion King. Run away, Raton. <laughs> Run far away. <laughs> <laughs> Long live the Raton. Uh, yeah, that's totally made up. But but it's not far off. Uh, they actually said that he may have gotten his... Uh, well, his owner says that he uh, was always mean after having been locked in a dark room by children when he was a calf. What? 
So, so a bunch wow. of kids locked him in a room for several hours and he came out a killer. Um, so he, uh, th- this, this bull has actually killed three people. And after, uh, most recently in 2010, so it, it got, you know, it hung around for a long time. Uh, after it claimed his third victim, the mayor of his hometown rebuffed local politicians saying the bull should not be put down and called Raton the city's, quote, most famous bull, end quote. Well, what other bulls were there? I don't know. Yeah, sounds true. Yeah. It is in fact fact true. Uh, Apparently the mayor went so far as to, like, go to their, I guess, their version of Congress in this and decry people saying that this bull was a danger after it had just killed a guy. (laughs) So, uh, so anyway, finally, last one. Um, The owner, uh, Gregorio de Jesus, compared Raton to the boxer Muhammad Ali. True or false? Uh, I want it to be true. I want this to be the Muhammad Ali of bulls. <laughs> <laughs> you're, both say, you're both saying true. Sure. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. Uh, quote, he is agile, smart, and fast. Very high-spirited. He's not a brute, not like other bulls that act on instinct and crash into everything. This one thinks, analyzes, and then attacks. Does a little rope-a-dope. End quote. Uh, he also uh, he also compares him to a footballer named Raul. Uh, I'm sharing this with you guys so you can see the poster uh, from 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because uh, it's pretty special. Come see our murder cow. Yeah. Only one of the guys involved in being killed by Raton it was drunk, which, you know, <laughs> I would have expected that. Yeah. To be a higher, higher concentration. Oh, no, they taxidermied him. (laughs) Yeah, well, he was pretty famous. (laughs) He was the most famous bull in his hometown. Oh, he had had suffered arthritis. I know. I, yeah, Uh. it's, it's, it's pretty sad. But he died of natural, you know, he died naturally. So, you know, that's all right. Wait, 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 wait. The Daily Telegraph said the bull about oh, who has been written and who inspired a video game. What? I missed this. What Hang on. video game? Oh, my gosh. I'm clicking this right now. Hang on. <laughs> Spain's most feared bull. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, according to this, he, he he even had his biography written in a video game of which he is the protagonist created in his, in his honor. Oh. They do not say what wow. video game. Okay. I like there's there's a story in the Guardian where they they feel the need to to translate his name <laughs> for for the UK readers I guess. So the the headline is literally Mouse the Killer Bull draws cheering crowds to Sueca. That's pretty great. Mouse and then parentheses Raton. El terrible raton. The terrible mouse. Okay. Sorry about that uh quick diversion into bullfighting. That that bull sounds amazing. But we're going to go to Maze, Maze. from there. Uh, so, I'm on my game tonight. Sorry. So so why is it Maze and not Corn? Because everyone here calls it Corn in, in the USA, right? Yeah. So um, it turns out that, that outside North America, Australia, and New Zealand, 
uh, the word corn actually refers to basically any cereal crop that's out there. That's, oh. So, like, cornflakes is could be anything. <laughs> cornflakes. Complete uh, <laughs> mystery <Whoa>. now. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> that adds such an air of mystery to, yeah. to breakfast. Yep. Uh, so, uh, of course, in those countries, corn primarily means maize. Uh, this usage started as a shortening of Indian corn. And then they say that Indian corn primarily means maize, in case you hadn't figured it out yet. Wow. Um, in places outside North America, Australia, and New Zealand, corn often refers to maize in culinary contexts. The narrower meaning is usually indicated by some additional word, as in sweet corn, corn on the cob, popcorn, cornflakes, or baby corn. In South Africa, maize is commonly called miele, or mealy <laughs> in English. Yeah. Um, words derived from the Portuguese word for maize, milho. Oh, cool. Uh, so maize is preferred uh, if you're a scientist, you know, or international uh, man of the world, or woman, mm. of course, uh, because it refers specifically to this one grain, unlike corn, which could be a whole bunch of stuff. Rathalm would have called it maize. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. So um, there are enemies to corn, of course. Uh, which country, which country, which whoa, country? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> of course, corn has made enemies over the years. Yes. <laughs> Um, trying to get to the list here of pests and of enemies. Well, I mean, I would call them enemies of maize. But first, which country do you think uh, makes the most maize? Oh man, uh, per like per capita or like <laughs> in in tons in tons. I really want it to be us. Say the U.S. Yeah. It is us. Yeah. Seriously? Wow. We make the most corn. In 2013, it was nearly 354 million tons. But like we corn. call it the wrong thing. Yep. And China was uh, second with uh, almost 218. Dang. I love corn so yep. much. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Corn is so good. <laughs> it's like my favorite food. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I eat, like. 12 years of corn. <laughs> I, I feel like we've had this conversation not I think long we ago. We have. Yeah. Like you talked about eating like six years of corn in a, in a go. Yeah. So let's let's go down the list here of, of some of the insects that uh, tend to uh, antagonize corn or maize. <laughs> hey, sure. corn. They, have some, hey. they have some pretty fun names here. There's the African army worm. Those are pretty big ears you got there, corn. Um, the corn <laughs> sure. delphicid. Corn rootworms, uh, the corn silk fly, the European corn borer, which I guess it just talks, it talks its ears <laughs> off. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you, Tim. Uh, mm. Thank you. Um, the maize weevil. Yeah. Um, and then but there's it's... diseases. <laughs> so uh, some common uh, maize diseases are just rust, just called rust. Oh yeah, yes. Um, corn smut. Yep, that's a real thing. <laughs> Uh, uh, which is disease. uh which is what eventually becomes oh what's it called uh it's a mexican delicacy hidlacoche that that yes um, yeah. and it is actually eaten down there as well yeah so totally eat it too which is cool which um, how did someone decide you know what you know what let's try eating that yeah yep absolutely if you're hungry enough that's uh, true the Maze Dwarf Mosaic Virus, Ooh. which is the name of my prog rock band. <laughs> Very nice. The, the Maze Streak Virus, um, Stuart's Wilt, 
which I would not want um, any sort of wilt named after me. Sorry. Yeah. No. Um, the Mal de Rio Cuarto virus, which uh, was the last virus in the last Resident Evil. Stalk <laughs> um, rot and ear rot. Yep. 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 Um, of course, it talks about all the uses of corn, and there are so, so many. <laughs> so maybe that's something we should go into for another time. Um, <laughs> corn on the cob, though, was hawked on the streets of early 19th century New York City by poor, barefoot, hot corn girls. Whoa. <laughs> who, were, who were lust the precursors of hot dog carts, churro wagons, and fruit stands. Is, is, that, is that so? <laughs> that's what it says, yeah. Hot corn girls. <laughs> it has it in quotes. Yep. Specifically barefoot. Right, wait, this is cited. So ornamental and other uses of corn. Uh, some forms of the plant are grown for ornamental use in the garden. Uh, colored and varied leaf forms uh, are grown for this purpose, as well as colorful ears. I like the ones that are like all these different kind of blues and reds. And Oh, yeah. It's like really weird. It's like, how do they do that? It's so, just, yeah. <laughs> uh, corn cobs can be hollowed out and treated to make inexpensive smoking pipes. Yes. First manufactured in the U.S. in 1869. Uh, maize kernels can be pl- used in place of sand in sandbox-like enclosures for children's play. How Wait, about 1869? that? 1869? That sounds, that's way later than I would have expected that. No. no. Nope. Wow. That's what it says. Wow. But, but are you ignoring the corn box? Yeah, I'm sorry. I missed the corn box. What was that? <laughs> maize kernels can be used in place of sand in a sandbox-like enclosure for children's play. And there's, sure. actually, there's pictures of kids playing in oh my gosh, there is. box and they're having a good time. Nope. That, that's about as excited as I, as I would be. It just looks <laughs> like they're playing at a bunch of chicken feed. This, this is about as excited as I would be if I were in a, in a corn box that, that, that face is pretty much the face I would be making right now. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> if, I, if I was that kid at that age, I'd probably try to eat it. Well, yeah, I would too. Clearly. Okay. Uh, well. It's used as bait and uh, an unusual use for maize is to create a corn maze or maize maze as a tourist attraction. Wow. They just, they went right for it. Yeah. There it is. I, maze. yeah. Whoa. Okay. The idea of a maize maze was introduced to the American maize company, by the American maize company. Wait, which, which one? The, like corn maze or like? The maize maze. Maze maze. Is it a company about corn? I don't know. Or a company I, about mazes. See, this is the question. Like, did they exist before? I really want to know, but they're not linked, hmm. unfortunately. Um, who created a maze in Pennsylvania in what, 1993? What? There's no way. That that's as early as that is. That that's not possible. What? I feel like it would be a lot <laughs> a lot earlier than that. Okay, well, Tim, you did it. Good job. You, you found you found maize mazes, maize maize. Okay. Hey, Sky, you want to talk about watermelons for a second? No, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have been going on after this for a while. I would just like to point out uh, that we have, <clears throat> according to Wikipedia, and I'm sure we can have a long, deep discussion about this. Um, the watermelon is a special kind of berry. Ta-da! It's Ta-da. not. Yeah, it's just a berry. It's yeah. a really, really I mean, large. It's not just a berry. I mean, no, that's berry. true. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Strawberries it's a, it's, aren't berries, it's right? It's a hefty fortress of a berry. Whoa! And there's our there's our title. 
Uh, no. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, strawberries are not berries because of the way they store their seeds on the outside. Yeah, like freaks. <laughs> what, and what are they freaks. Are they, are they more related to corn? I don't know, Tim. I just know <laughs> this is a weird thing. I think they're just fruit. <laughs> <laughs> You're just fruit. Stop trying to be oh, it's strawberries. It's called just an accessory fruit. fruit. A what? An accessory fruit. Wait, like a like a purse? Sometimes oh. called a false fruit. What? I mean, we. I mean, it is used as an accessory in various. Yeah. False fruit. False Aphrodisical fruit. properties. <laughs> <laughs> an aggregate accessory fruit. That is, in fact, what it is called. That's amazing. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> um, yeah. So and, and, the and terms sure- false fruit. Spororious fruit and pseudocarp are older terms of accessory fruits that have been criticized as wow. quote inapt <laughs> and not, not are not used by botanists today. Oh. Yeah, man, people oh. are trying to slam the strawberry for decades. That's used by <laughs> idiots. Wait, did you what pseudocarp? Is that what you pseudocarp. said? Pseudocarp. I, I would like. Yeah, I want to use this for something. I don't know. I, I don't know how I could get that into any conversation at at all it's like imitation crab oh man that's so good so good ah man okay this is this has been great corn about maze food. huh oh wait corn maze is yep, right that's yeah. uh so the first corn maze was created in anvil pennsylvania of course feels, it was not anvil good. is in a woman named Anne. not anvil is in things that drop on heads and cartoons anvil anvil uh, it is part of agritourism, which is uh, something that's pretty popular in rural North America. Yep. So, when, you're, when you're not growing stuff on your thing as much, you use it to, you know, get people to come and get still give you money so you can live. So, so can I read you guys? I looked up the story that they wrote about the nation's first corn maze uh, from the from Lebanon Valley College. Uh, posted in 2010. <clears throat> Nation's first corn maze wrote it at LVC, which is Lebanon Valley College. <clears throat> the the lead goes, the weather is cool and the leaves are falling. And in central PA, the corn stalks are drying in the field. This time of year is perfect to get lost in a corn maze, a unique attraction that originated at Lebanon Valley College in 1993. In the early 1990s, Midwest farmers were struggling to recover from severe flooding, which ruined many crops including corn, LVC alumnus and Disney World producer Don France, uh, class of 73, and then student Joanne Marks, class of 94, had a plan to do something about it. Build a corn maze, charge admission, and contribute the proceeds to the Red Cross to aid the disaster victims. Uh, wow. So it is not the first corn maze ever, um, but they do. they say that they got the idea from European hedge mazes. Uh, wow. Okay. And also worked with England's Adrian Fisher of Minotaur Designs to design the maze. And I am looking that up right Minotaur now. Minotaur Designs. If you're going to make mazes, that is a perfect name. I'm looking this up right now. So have either of you ever been in a corn maze? Yes, yeah, it's oh. terrible. Whoa. It's one of the worst Whoa. experiences. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Tell, tell us about it. Well, <laughs> I was visiting. I was... In Candace's hometown, this is before we were married, and this is before we were dating. 
and there was another guy that liked her and he oh, was no. also visiting and so it was oh. like the two of us spending the weekend at her place and so that was a, that was a lot of fun as you can <laughs> imagine oh my gosh and so i can't remember if she really wanted to go to the corn maze or he really wanted to go to the corn <laughs> maze but i really didn't <laughs> want to go to the corn maze but we all went to the corn maze and it was one of those like podunk corn mazes where there's like kind of kids and it was it was a haunted corn maze oh. so it was around it was around halloween oh, time those are the worst sorry and so it was it dark and we got a flashlight and then it was just there were just like kids and they would just jump out and uh that was that part was all right but you know <laughs> they're kids so they, were, they weren't exactly good at scaring it was just it was just kind of you would you would put your flashlight on some corn and you just see eyes like staring at you. <laughs> and uh, after about like five seconds, they'd go, Rawr! and it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> it was fun. And Candace nice, got freaked nice. out. So, oh, yeah. And I think she, I think she was more like, I think she was probably using other dude more as like, not a shoulder to cry on. But you know what I mean? But okay. Yeah. Yeah. I won in the end. So, Good job. So that's my that was my corn maze experience. Yeah, mine have always been a lot cooler than that. Not terrible. It's just they're just kind of silly and fun. I don't know. Uh, the problem with them for me is that um, eventually people would just get up, uh, upset. Like the people I was always doing them with would just get upset with trying to find their way out. Yeah. And would just crush down just crush corn down some corn to get to a route to another route. Yeah. Instead of just following the you know the old. I, I'm sure it's a Sherlock Holmes thing, but just follow the one line of the one wall of the maze will always get you out. Right. Yep. So, <clears throat> yes, I don't know. Well, you just put like, like you just choose left or right and you just follow it. Right. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. even if there's a break, you can just follow it around that break and it will eventually make it to the other end. I mean, there is a straight line or not a straight line, but there is a direct line that goes from open to to the end of the of the maze always. Right. Uh, necessarily, there is. Um, so uh, Adrian Fisher, however, is a is a well-known maze and puzzle designer. Apparently not that well-known, but he is responsible for more than 700 mazes in 35 countries since 1979. Dang. That's amazing. Uh, really cool. And yes, he is the... Um, he... he does run Minotaur Designs, although that is not the current name of their company. Uh, they are directors. He and his wife, Marie, are directors of Adrian Fisher Design Limited, which is a shame because, come on. Uh, he designs puzzles for British newspapers and the World Puzzle Championships. So there you go. Cool. Yep, cool guy. That That's it. That's 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 what I had on him. That, that's all I had. They do have a list of all of his mazes, though. Oh, my gosh. Several mirror mazes. Wow. Uh, in a couple mazes in Japan in a zoo. Several hedge mazes. A color maze in Mexico. Okay, it's just a lot of mazes. Sorry, guys. It's pretty cool, though. It's okay, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got to corn mazes. Oh, Tim, what, what what's your experience with corn mazes? I have actually never never been in a corn maze what? i know wow i would love to do that sometime not a haunted one because that's lame to be yeah i i don't like haunted anything 
because they usually don't get professionals for that sort of thing. And I just still remember the time when I was like in the basement of a lighthouse. This is such a great time. And a kid like just tried to like. It was a haunted lighthouse. Like they themed it for, you know, families for uh, Halloween. So it's like all selkies and. and, Yeah, they just put like a bunch of garbage bags. Yeah. And like tarps and stuff. So you walk by the tarp. And of course, there's some kid behind it. And they just sort of like push out like because they can't even like see their hands reaching out or anything it's just they're they're basically just thrusting their their hands or their fists out towards you and of course this one just like clocks me right in the gut oh and they're like well that's that's effective (laughs) yeah well i'm scared i'm scared please don't hurt me more oh no i did not know that it's terrible did yeah. did they like? Did you get beat up or what happened? <laughs> no, I think the kid like said just like said sorry from the other side. Of the tarp. <laughs> yeah, and we moved on with our lives. Oh, that's so great! I'm so sorry. That's terrible. Well, if you feel like challenging yourself, you can come to uh, Bellbrook, Ohio, where we have the largest one in the world. Whoa! Largest corn maze right here in Ohio, just outside Dayton. It is 62 acres. Wow. That is that a lot could, of maze. That, uh, Both senses uh, of the word. Yeah, yeah. That uh, shakes out to eight, 8.5 miles of trail inside the maze. Wow. Just so you guys, you know. You Even could, if you're doing the, the, you know, follow the wall method, that's yeah. a lot of wall. <laughs> that's and a lot of wall. And a lunch. <laughs> and a dinner. Of tamales. Probably. Of tamales. <laughs> it's pretty great uh you could actually just make them i mean they're corn based they're right there just yeah yeah it's true <laughs> just like you just come across like a camp and it's just like yeah we we gave up a week ago <laughs> the upside We're just surviving off corn yeah the upside is that you can't starve to death in mm-hmm. we're gonna so, eat our ways out yes it's pretty great anyway well good job you guys good job tim good job uh, tim Anyway, uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, I I want to kind of I guess we've we've talked about having like an actual ending to the show before. I I mean, have we put together anything like just like a credits thing? Has anyone done anything like that? Credits thing? Okay, yeah, forget it. Like our theme music was put on by da 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 da. <laughs> yeah, sure, that thing. By the mountain uh, goats. <laughs> oh, man. our show is produced by Skyler. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we should know better. Uh, is is uh, recorded in front of a live studio audience. I was gonna say that. You never hear that anyone say yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, you, you just gotta trust us. That's how funny we are. Uh, this this mess is recorded by Sky, and Tim and I are just along for the ride. <laughs> Um, you can find us on uh, online in several places. You can check us out on iTunes. Uh, please like or review us there if you get a chance. You can find us on Stitcher there as well. Uh, you can find us on Facebook by searching for We Should Know Better. You can also check us out on Twitter at WSKBcast or on Blogspot at WSKBcast.blogspot.com. Uh, if you get a chance to check us out at either of those places, Say hi. Tell us tell us what you think of corn mazes or hedgehogs. Any of those things would be just fine. Yeah. <laughs>
that I think that's the entire thing. Did, yeah, did I cover all of our? Time. Yeah, th- thanks. Maybe we can maybe we can make this into an actual like ending at some point in the future. Or we sound like moderate professionals. Sure. Yeah. Is is that is that so? That's what it says. Yeah, hot corn girls. <laughs> it has it in quotes. Yep. Specifically, barefoot. Right, wait, this is cited. Aren't tamales corn. <laughs> <laughs> is mayonnaise an instrument? Aren't they? I, aren't I they like wrapped feel, up corn? Well, I feel like it's it's a bunch of things, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Let's find out. I don't know, man. <laughs> Are you? They just look like corn. Carry on. I'd probably like them. <laughs> uh, please like or review us there if you get a chance. You can find us on Stitcher there as well. Yep. Uh, are you still looking up tamales? Yes. <laughs> there are a lot of photos of tamales. <laughs> this this was filed right back in the in the too many tamales <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> I really wish that was a good thing.